0: Hi, I'm Neo Nix. After every live show, we find ourselves having intense post-show conversations. So we decided to leave the record button on and let you listen in. So this is Truth Lies Shenanigans, the after show. In our live show, season three, episode 10, Ellen Dahl was sitting in for Lizzie and had fashion designer, film producer, and author, B. Jeffrey Madoff, join us to tell us about his career and what he's working on. Our main topic was the murder of eight-year-old fantability by police. And in Quickfire, we discussed the COVID baby boom, lockdowns for the unvaccinated, and the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Our guest, Jeffrey Madoff, stuck around to join the conversation and we ended up talking a lot about Rittenhouse. take a listen welcome back to our after show yeah this is uh and usually we we have about a half an hour but our show went a little longer than usual so because your stories were amazing i didn't want to stop (laughs) i didn't want to stop i was listening to you it was like I, i didn't want it to stop so i know i kept
1: Yeah, exactly. We had to let it... We had to figure out the your stories. Jeffrey,
2: I'm very curious. Professionally, you have traveled internationally, and I'm just wondering if through your professional travels, you have found a place that is personally special to you.
3: Yes. (laughs) Uh, I like that. I like that answer. Thank you very very much. much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm... uh, New York City. I love New York City. New York. I'm always happy to be returning here uh, no matter where I go and I've been other places where I've certainly enjoyed myself but mm-hmm. as Dorothy said there's no place like home and New York is my home. New York, are you from Ohio? I'm sorry. I just- I'm from Ohio but okay. I've lived in New York way way longer. That's a weird threshold in life when you get old enough to have lived somewhere oh, wow. else longer than the place you grew up and left when you were 18,
0: which is Mm -hmm. one of those early milestones. Mm -hmm. I did want to get everybody's thoughts, including you, Jeff, um, on the Rittenhouse trial. So the question I had was, do we think that age should play a role in terms of like, because he was 17 when he committed the crime. Do we think that age matters in this case?
1: He had a big boy gun.
0: But he, I mean, he's still a, he's still an immature individual, right? Because I mean, we when you see him crying on you see him crying on the screen, sobbing like a like a baby. I mean, sure. it reminds you that he still was a child. When I was seventeen, I was dumb. I was in, still an idiot.
1: Were you that yeah. dumb?
0: I was you pretty. I reference? wasn't that dumb. Yes, you're right. I you, was. Were you that evil dumb. though? That's I wasn't that different. dumb. Weren't w- that you
1: probably weren't <laughs> even <laughs> <before> <laughs> being that dumb.
0: Yeah. What, what do you I think, think, Jeffrey? I was
3: Uh, I think that he had an incredibly misguided sense of his mission and that, uh, as Rob had said, the mere fact that he traveled across state lines, was illegally armed, somehow viewed himself as a vigilante, which is what he was acting as, Mm -hmm. and he's not qualified as a medic. Uh, That would be like if I broke into your house, Johnny, and uh you got out a gun and me as the burglar shot you and i said well self-defense she was going to shoot me ah why did i place myself in that kind that's of a, a situation? good way to think about
0: that that's, that, that's uh, a so great analogy the,
3: so the fact that he uh traveled across straight lo- state lines put himself uh in harm's way where he had absolutely zero justification for being there mm-hmm. uh That's the difficult, that's the difficult thing. I think the prosecution, from what I can tell, and I have to qualify that because I'm only going by what I've read in the paper or the news reports. I haven't, I don't have any firsthand knowledge of this, nor did I sit in and listen to the unedited hearings of this. Sure. Uh, But the, the, the fact that he did what he did, there is no justification for it. So I think he had a, I think that he was delusional. And I think that he had a very misguided, uh, misguided sense of mission of what his mission was and what his place is in the world. So, yes, he's immature. And there are people that are older than him that are, you know, that are immature also. Mm -hmm. But I don't think one of the things that I think is a bigger question is that it seems as if the notion of consequences for actions Has almost gone away in these last few years, and there needs to be consequences for actions if we expect people to to respect our social conventions and our laws. That's true. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I am worried that he'll get off, actually, because I mean it's looking it's looking like the prosecution is not winning this case. You were going to say something, Ellen.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think he'll win it either cuz the prosecution the prosecuting attorney is blowing the case. The judge absolutely despises this guy at this point. He blew up at him. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't I think he's going to get off. Yeah, so He'd you... be charged for having like a weapon under age, but I think he I think I think he's going to be acquitted.
0: So we're all in agreement that age doesn't matter here, right? 17 on the cusp of 18, Neo. I'm
2: sorry, you're able, you're making big boy decisions at that point in time. Totally. A lot of us at that point are choosing, making those first steps along our life path.
0: But I mean, you can be influenced to risk. do wrong. I mean, you can be influenced. I mean, especially when you've you got a president, doesn't... when you've got a president of the United States, you know, egging people on to do these things. I mean, I mean he's but still a child. And doesn't, mean, it, doesn't mean you're not cult. Because you've been influenced and you're not culpable.
1: Right. Because there are also other people who have been exposed to the things that he's been exposed to and managed to not go put themselves into trouble and kill three people. True. Like, there are plenty of people who are influenced by Trump and his followers. And, you know, he he was, like, throwing up white power signs and he hung out with the Proud Boys. You know, it's like plenty of people who are vulnerable in other situations, in, in these situations, figure out ways to not go somewhere they shouldn't be with an AR-15.
2: Well, we have a comment from Daria Winter online right now. Uh, he needs to be locked up. That those who filled prisons with people of darker hues for lesser charges and younger ages make this ludicrous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point in terms of equity. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm certain if, if, and this is, this is where I, w- I believe one of the things that should be on trial is, is privilege here. I mean, cause like, look at this. Mm-hmm. There was a, you know, if you recall, after um, he shot these people, this is after he shot this. This is image of him after he shot the people walking right next to um, some. oh No, who was this? This was that's this one was,
1: of his friends. That's not a. That's cop. one of his
0: friends. That's right. That's, sorry, this uh-huh. is one of his friends. But immediately afterwards, um, he walks right past the police with his AR fifteen. Uh-huh. Well, no, if you if you remember, right after he right after he shot the uh-huh. the guy. He had his AR 15 and he points down the street and he says, and he just walked right past the police. The police don't do anything. He had to, like you said, he had to surrender himself because mm-hmm. the police did not arrest him, even though he's walking with an AR 15. I mean, I mean whereas, of course, you know, they go down and they assume that it was um, the black crowd that was causing some type of problem. But um, I, I think we should be looking more at um, the privilege here even when you look at him on the stand, what is he going to get away with?
3: I, mean, I don't doubt that he felt he was on a mission that he was righteously justified in doing, which is a problem in and of itself. That is a problem. Uh, but again, that doesn't remove one from culpability mm-hmm. because he thought he was on this mission that he was going to protect people or businesses. There's a lot of delusional people out there and uh, that doesn't, you know, there is, a, of course, an insanity plea that could be taken. But the point is that he should not escape legal blame. And the prosecution, from what I can tell, couldn't be doing much of a worse job uh, than they are doing. And I would question whether or not the judge is even unbiased because he seems to yeah. be unhinged in his responses to this case. I was wondering. So what? if I were the prosecution, I'd go for a mistrial based yes. on what happens because yep. uh there's there seems to be prejudice that's going on there also. Yeah.
0: So what do you think what do you think's gonna happen if he does get off? What do you think the results are? Gianni, what do you think will happen? I un- I unfortunately think that it's gonna that it's going to
3: probably cause some violence in the streets.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's gonna be some stuff going on down the street for you and me and oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. University yeah, of Maryland. Yeah, you know. yeah. What do you well, think, Gianni?
1: DC keeps the pulse of that kind of stuff. Like if there's anyone protesting anywhere, it's gonna they're gonna be on Pennsylvania Avenue first. Yeah. Oh, I just feel that it, if something doesn't cause a, another like uh, not a civil war, but like a, a a war on in this country, then that will. I think because it's like something that people really have been following this entire time. It's one of the um, it's one of those cases. I think that uh, was no it wasn't part of the black lives matter but it was something that i feel like has been followed by the black community in a in a long time uh, for a long time because they just like you said it's the his privilege um that's been oozing out throughout this entire process
0: so i mean he he needs violent, to be he if it's aimed, not if he's not convicted of murder he's going to have to be convicted of something or absolutely. Or, I think he will or there will be riots. I agree with you guys.
1: I don't think he's gonna be completely cleared, but I personally think that he will be acquitted on the homicide charges.
0: I think he may be too. Uh George Fournier says he wanted to feel big and important and perhaps famous, mission accomplished.
1: And just so you know,
2: George is a lawyer. He's actually, he's actually my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But right. I what I found it, the most amusing thing. It, that I found that the only amusing thing out of this was after he took the stand was that Merriam <laughs> Webster um, updated their word of the day to crocodile tears <laughs> because the tear. Oh yeah. I mean, that you have to watch the video to see him cry on the stand um, because the tears on the stand were definitely not tears of remorse. Uh, it was a tear yeah. fabricated out of the fear of possible consequences. Is he scared for what might happen to him if he is charged or if he is acquitted? Hell yeah. Who wouldn't be? Because if he gets mm-hmm. off, you've got a bullseye pint painted on you for the rest of your life. You're going to get a random shit kicking and you're going to know
0: what it's for. In in testimony, he said he did nothing wrong. So he definitely yeah, is not remorseful.
1: Right. Yeah. I think, no. I will say if- I think that that I don't think that that was for show if you want like I if you watch it he's beginning to stumble over his words like he clearly to me is having a panic attack you don't need to cry to have a panic attack he was like beginning to hyperventilate I would have had a panic attack if I were in his if I were him um I think it was real that shouldn't obscure any you know that shouldn't um make it that shouldn't change anything but I don't think that was fake
0: uh, I, I, I think either. I, I kind I of agree with Robbie big. on the crocodile, crocodile tears because I think he was thinking more of the consequences of his action as opposed to the actual remorsefulness of his actions where he felt bad totally. about his actions. But I think the panic
1: was... attack was real, but oh, it yeah. wasn't about remorse. It was about like you guys. Were, totally. Um, yeah. Scared. Yeah. I think he was. I think he was scared. Keeping, keeping his story straight because he was he was he was talking about something very bar- like. The actual moment that he shot someone when he was doing that, and I think he just like I, lost it. I don't think he was like, "Oh my god, I killed this person." But he was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> I'm like,
2: you never so saw, fuck.
1: you never saw him crying. He was
2: flashing his white pride signs and hanging out with the pride boys and Ricky Schroeder. That's true, <laughs> Ricky Schroeder. There's no fear at that yeah. point, for sure, for
1: sure.
0: I'm gonna switch gears real quick before we close it out. Okay. So Jeffrey, you are hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. and i, I mean I, i'm just curious that, so that, ellen, that is a, that's a hell of a switch of gears so you were hilarious but ellen is looking because we don't have a lot of time but ellen is trying to be a comedian do you have any advice for her yeah be funny <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: i'll try <laughs> i i, I kind of, i'm with ellen her. is it's funny like,
0: is Thanks.
1: Ellen is um, Yeah.
0: Have you done stand-up yet? Have you done stand-up no, yet, No, but I've been,
1: I've been writing jokes for like two or three years now. So I need okay. to I need to. Really? I need so we to need to
0: get you it. on a stand-up. The, to do it. The, the thing that's interesting about
3: comedy and stand-up, and I know a number of stand-up comedians, and the yeah. thing about stand-up is you get immediate feedback about your product, which is a joke.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You get it immediate. People laugh or they don't. Yep. So the only way you know if they're going to laugh is you have to get up in front of an audience and test your material and be ready for maybe some unpleasant experiences. But that's part of the gauntlet you have to run when you become a stand-up comic. So, you know, uh, so I think that the only way you can do it isn't writing jokes at home, which is a start because you have to develop material but you have to get it in front of people. And that could be, by the way, you could also become a comedy writer and not do the actual performing yourself. It depends on what you want to do. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, that, and I don't know your, your career goals, but Mm -hmm. I think that that's really, uh, you've got to decide what it is you want to do. And sometimes it might just, it might just take getting in front of an audience to see if you in fact, like what that, faces you with because it can be pretty brutal. Right. Mm. But you might be a good comedy writer and not a performer, or you may find you love performing and that's the way Mm -hmm. you test material.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. And my final question for you, and this is gonna be is uh, you know, you're a film producer, you're you're uh you're a video producer. So what advice do you have for us to improve our show? Mm -hmm. I'm looking for some suggestions of how we can improve and get better.
1: Yeah. As an internet
0: <laughs> and be honest. honest feel free to be honest I like honest
3: well yeah. I would say that uh, you guys have a great rapport and that you don't uh, necessarily agree with each other which I think is a plus plus.
0: Okay.
3: and I think moving the show along quickly is a good thing to do and so I think it's just a, a question of You know, always refining and then what kind of feedback do you get and how does that work for you? So I don't have any any prescriptive notes to give you of (laughs) great wisdom. But uh, (laughs) I've had fun doing I've had fun doing this and it was fun spending a couple of hours with you guys. So I've certainly enjoyed it. All right. And you'll find ultimately from your audience. You know, that's how you find out when you're doing a live show.
0: Okay. Yep. All right. Well, we've got to shut it down. I know Robbie's got to go get his dinner. So <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for joining us. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you, guys. It was definitely it's a lot so of much, fun. Jeffrey. Wonderful. Yeah. Appreciate it. And and when you when your show opens up, we're going to have to get you back. And we're and you're right. going to have to find a way and Ellen and I are going to be there.
1: Yes. <laughs> Terrific. I, I want to go.
0: I right. want to go to DC. All right, Gianni, you're going to have to drive up to here up to DC and we'll all go Easy. together.
1: Yeah, we're not making another stop. We're not (laughs) going
2: to stay in Canada, eh?
0: Are you even able to cross the border yet?
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, I know that they have opened up the border for driving, so it's just uh, I'm not eager
3: to Uh, get
0: there yet. Okay. (laughs) You should go to Florida. That should be your first visit. Oh, fuck. That should not be his intro
1: to coming to America for the first time in a while.
0: Exactly. Florida? Exactly.
1: Imagine <laughs> or something. Something peaceful and serene. Everything bad happens in Florida.
0: One of my co-workers, oh. one of my coworkers uh she visits Florida regularly because she owns a place in Florida. She's gotten COVID twice. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs>
0: She literally it twice. I thought
1: you were immune the first time you get it.
0: Nope. No, it's not. No, that's an Aaron Rodgers. It's in game. Come oh. yes. on. Yeah. No. caught it twice. All right, guys. Thank you again so much. You all have a good night. Yeah. And
1: I will see you soon.